Welcome to the first episode of Cars and Gadgets, a new podcast from Tech Central that looks at the latest gizmos from smartphones to cars, yes, cars, and everything in between. Hosted by myself, Duncan McLeod, and the one and only Nafisa Akabor. Welcome, Nafisa. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Duncan. So the idea behind this podcast is to pair a short review of what's new, be it the latest smartwatch or the latest electric vehicle. With a short podcast where Nafisa will give her expert views on the topic. In our inaugural episode, we're having a look at Samsung's brand new Galaxy Note 9. Nafisa, you went to the launch here in Johannesburg last week. You've already been playing with this device for a few days, and I look forward to hearing all about it. But before we get there, um, this is a pretty important product for Samsung, right? It's uh, two years since the exploding battery debacle that led to the global recall of the Galaxy Note 7, and it comes on the back of the disappointing sales of the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. How important is it that Samsung hits it out the ballpark with the Note 9? I think Samsung is taking a more relaxed approach to it because they're bringing out incremental changes, not major ones. So it's very important that they're not overwhelming everyone with it has X, Y, and Z. Meanwhile, it just has useful stuff like bigger storage, bigger battery, useful things in everyday scenarios. So I think that's actually a good approach. Okay. But, I mean, if you look at uh, the S9 sales, by most uh, accounts, they have disappointed uh, the Note 8 was a fantastic phone uh, coming, of course, out of the debacle that was the Note 7 battery fiasco. Um, incremental upgrade with the Note 9, not huge changes. Is it enough? Um, I think it is. I think they're still testing the waters a bit. They don't want to go all out. Usually also with the color of the S Pen being yellow, although it's not a major thing, I think the color changes also signifies that it's nothing, nothing major is coming out with the device because there's a new color with it. If you understand what I'm saying, like if you also look, Apple does something similar. Mm-hmm. When you know a different color is coming, that means the phone isn't majorly changed or overhauled. Right, right. Okay, so taking what works and uh, and tweaking it. Yes, making it a bit better. Right. Which is why we've got an upgrade to the S Pen. Right. We've, of course, got the rumors uh, that uh, Samsung is going to be launching a major update to the Galaxy S lineup next year. Even talk of a potentially of a foldable Galaxy S10 uh, coming early next year. Um, so perhaps this is a little bit of treading water ahead of um, a major uh, rethink in Samsung smartphone design coming with the S10 devices next year. Possibly, because the last major change we saw was the curved screen, which I absolutely loved. So for a foldable screen will definitely be something uh, major. And although it sounds interesting, I'm not sure how functional it's actually going to be. I must say, I'm, I'm a little skeptical about this. Rechat and I were talking about this in the Talk Central podcast a couple of days ago. And uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I, I'd go for a generation one of a foldable screen. I mean, how... How dependable is a foldable is a foldable screen going to be? Is it going to break at some point? I guess we'll we won't, we'll only know once the devices are in the market. But and and assuming, of course, that Samsung is going in that direction. Um, but uh, you know, generation one of a major product redesign, um, I'm probably going to be a little bit skeptical about that. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, rather wait to see how the market takes to it and what actually issues come about with a foldable screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk a bit about the Note Nine. The launch was last week here in South Africa. Simultaneously. Uh, with the major or the where, where the uh, keynote took place, which was in New York, right? Yes. Um, Samsung held an event here at the Marble Restaurant in Johannesburg with a live stream. 
Uh, it was DJ Ko, the president of Samsung Electronics, presenting, I believe. Yes, that's right. We managed to tune in from South Africa. And one thing Samsung does uh, pretty well, um, unlike some other uh, smartphone manufacturers, is they have product ready for the media on launch day worldwide. So uh, you, you were at the event here in Johannesburg, but the, pho- the phones were ready to, to play with. And in fact, you got to, you've got to take one and uh, have a look at it. And we're going to be talking about that today. Yes, that's right. I was actually very surprised that the Note 9 was ready immediately because previously we'd only seen um, sample units and we just had to wait a few weeks for them to come in. So I'm actually very surprised that Samsung, I think on a global scale, had these units ready for media to test. And it's quite remarkable how quickly they managed to do that. Although we do know that almost every single detail about the Note 9 lo- uh, leaked uh, before the official announcement. <laughs> That's true, but I think also it shows how confident Samsung is to have the devices ready for us immediately. Yeah, yeah. and of course there have been there has been speculation that uh, many of those leaks of the device that we saw beforehand were actually leaked by Samsung themselves. No, absolutely. I think Samsung by mistake put their pre-order page up. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, it was definitely was it, intentional. Was it by mistake though? Well, yeah, I say it in air quotes, <laughs> accidental. <laughs> it's good marketing. Um, For sure. Because, uh, uh, you know, all the tech blogs run this. Look at this exclusive uh, leak of Samsung's, but uh, it may in fact be in the company doing a bit of marketing themselves. So who is the Note 9 targeting exactly? I mean, this phone is not exactly small, so it's surely a subset of the high-end market. I I know you mentioned to me the other day, Nafisa, that the original Note 1 device was 5.3 inches. This one has a 6.4-inch screen, so that's 1.1 inches more real estate. That's a, that's a big jump over the years. Uh, who, who's going to buy this product? Who's the target market? I think Samsung is hoping that a mix of creative business people buy it and those who like having a presenting on the go, like with your PowerPoint pr- presentations and uh, scribbling and making notes, taking notes wherever you are and just editing JPEGs on the go, adding your own notes. So like creatives, designers, that kind of and I don't know, maybe a doctor if he's, if he's always taking notes or that kind of thing. Yeah. But I do think it's a very niche market who are going to go for this product because of the stylus. And Samsung is always, um, well, the Note 9 is always punted as the, the stylus being the unique selling point and no other product like this exists mm-hmm. on the market. So I think existing Note users and maybe new creatives. I'm, I'm interested in, in the screen size, though. I, I've just had a, a first touch of the phone here, and I, I, was, um, I was expecting something bulkier. It's, it's not as bulky as uh, it, it sounds when you read the, the technical spec sheets. Um, it's, it's, an, it's a nice size. It's big. Um, but it's it's a nice it's a nice size. But we've seen this trend specifically in in Android uh, phones, and actually more recently in in uh, iPhones as well from Apple. This trend to larger and larger devices, and Apple's rumored next month to be announcing a new iPhone that has a 6.5 inch screen, which would put it in the same sort of ballpark as this device. Um, where are we going? I mean, I thought the trend to bigger phones would have stopped a while ago, but it, it seems to be it seems to be continuing. What, what do you think is driving that? Is it is it just that the people who are buying this um, are getting older and their eyesight isn't as good? <laughs> I actually think um, it's now that the bezels are getting narrow, so they can fit more screen mm. into the same body that they used to years ago. So if you look at the iPhone eight with its very wide bezels on the top and bottom, you can, and if you look at the iPhone ten, you manage to put a bigger screen in a smaller form. So I think we shouldn't pay attention too much to the actual size of the screen because of this. Because if you look at the Note 9, it has very narrow bezels, but it's such a big screen, although it's, it still feels very slim in your hand. But at the same time, the size and who they're targeting, a lot of us are now watching and streaming stuff on our mobile devices. Like everybody wants to put uh, offline playlists on their phones and from Netflix, Spotify, whatever the case is, videos. It's just easy to watch when you're traveling and wherever you are. So if you're using it for business, when you're on a business trip and you're on the plane, you can also just watch multi media content. 
And the OLED screen on this device is absolutely stunning from what I've seen in just a couple of minutes of having a look at it. Um, I suppose uh, people who are buying these sort of device, these large screen phablet type devices um, are, are buying them and not necessarily then considering buying uh, an iPad, for example, because the phone can do everything in one. Yeah, I think that's why um, the tablet sales have dropped and like technically Android tablets are dead. I think I've seen that headline so many times. It's because the phones are getting larger and then now you don't need a separate device for entertainment if that was what you were going to use it for. Mm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I still use an iPad. Um Mainly for consuming media and not for watching video, but mainly reading magazines and uh, um, reading newspapers online. Uh, I'm not sure I'd give that up, though, even if I went for a bigger phone. I really like the form yeah. factor of the iPad. It's a nice um, sort of almost almost like a large paperback. Um, it's, it's a nice, uh, you know, on a Sunday morning, I can read the, the Sunday newspapers on my tablet. Um, I'm not sure I'd want to read them on my phone necessarily, but maybe maybe with a 6.4-inch screen, it's... It's doable. Yeah, I'm a, I'm the opposite. I I have an iPad and I use it mainly when I travel to put my TV series on it. And mm-hmm. lately, I've been doing that on the S9 Plus. So I'm already n- not using my tablet more than I used to yeah. because of the larger screen. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I was thinking the other day. I've you know I've got the old iPad Air two. Um, which is starting to get a little slow. I'm not sure if Apple is slowing it down deliberately because the battery's getting old. I must check the settings. But, uh, but um, you know, I still thoroughly enjoy using it. Um, but, yeah, maybe maybe it's time to consider a, one of these so-called phablet devices and uh, retire the iPad instead of considering an, a new iPad. Although those new iPad Pros look very nice. <laughs> they do, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they do indeed. They do indeed. And with, of course, Photoshop coming to the iPad soon. Oh, yeah, that's mm. interesting. Mm. And that coupled with the um, Apple Pencil, I think it's uh, um, a compelling proposition. Yeah. Well, probably compelling to the Note 9. (laughs) (laughs) Have you tried drawing on the screen on the Note 9? I have. I scribbled with it for a bit. I've written stuff. But I've done it purely for testing, which is why I don't feel like it's of use to me on a daily basis, scribbling with it. Um, With the S Pen, I found it more useful that I was actually using it as a remote shutter for the camera. Mm -hmm. So that was my main use for it. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people would think that seems, I say this in air quotes, a bit superficial, but I I found it useful. Like if I'm traveling and if I'm going anywhere, I don't really need to ask somebody to take a photo for me. I can do it myself without drawing attention. So you couldn't do this with the Note 8. This is a new feature on the Note It's a new feature, the remote thing. Sure, you get those timer modes, but it's just easier to have a remote in your hand and press the button when you're ready instead of keep going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the S Pen has been revamped. It's now got some sort of low powered Bluetooth module inside it. That's right. Uh, And that allows the communication back with the phone to do things like taking photographs off camera. Yeah, and then controlling. If you're watching a YouTube video, you can pause it. Or if you're listening to Spotify, you can skip a track like with a single tap or double tap. This is all configurable in the settings. And also, if you're presenting a a slideshow on PowerPoint, you can go to the next slide. I mean, that's quite useful. That is quite useful. So it's fully configurable, this S Pen. Absolutely. You go into the settings and choose what you want to do with it. But uh, speaking about the slideshow, if you're using the phone in dex mode, it's actually quite useful then to just use the S Pen to scroll through. Okay. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, DEX a bit later in the podcast. But let, let's talk about you know the hardware inside this device. Um, I know in the U.S. market, it's it's the Snapdragon 845 Qualcomm latest Qualcomm processor in that in that phone. Um, we get the Samsung made processor in the local device. Is that right? That's right. The Exynos. Exynos processor, latest version of that, I'm sure. Um, storage capacity starts at 128 gigabytes, um, which Ooh. is which is a lot in the cloud era because I think a lot of people push 
push their their photos and everything else up into the cloud. So they don't necessarily need that sort of capacity. But there's also a 512 gigabyte model that's coming soon. Yes, that's right. Uh, it, it comes in either 128 or 512, no in between. So it's quite massive. It's either one or the other. But interestingly, I love that they're offering such large storage capacities because sometimes you don't realize you carry stuff over from your previous handset and now the quality of the camera gets better. You take the same amount of photos, but it just uses the more amount of space. And also if you're putting a content on your offline play, you, you don't realize it, but you actually end up using the, the storage very quickly. And I always think that you're never going to run out of storage. So it's always better to have more. Yeah, and I presume um, um, this phone can shoot pictures in RAW as well. Yeah. So um, you, you, will, you will run out quickly. I mean, I, I, I automatically save all my pictures to um, what's uh, Google's Google Photos. Um, mm. But, of course, that's being backed up in um, less than ideal resolution. Um, it's, uh, I forget what it is exactly, two megapixels or something. Oh, wow, okay. Um, or two megabytes per image, something like that. Um, so it's, it's certainly so you're certainly not getting your raw images backed up. So um, you can certainly get a lot of pictures on a 512 gigabyte phone, and you can put a 512 gigabyte SD card in this thing to get one terabyte of capacity. That's remarkable in a smartphone. Yeah, absolutely. To walk around to have one terabyte in your pocket, it's crazy because a lot of the high-end laptops don't even have a terabyte worth of storage. It's remarkable. Do we do we know how much the 512 gigabyte model is going to cost yet? I think roughly twenty three or twenty four thousand rand. I could be corrected. Okay, that's yeah. pricey for a smartphone, but you are getting laptop class storage on it. Yeah, absolutely, and also not to forget the hundred gigabytes of OneDrive storage that you get as well. Right, right. With pa- Microsoft partnership with Microsoft. Yeah. Of course, they throw that in, hoping you will buy more OneDrive storage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think pretty much every phone you buy now gets uh, some sort of cloud offering, either from Google or or Microsoft. Yeah, except for iPhone, you only get five gigs. On iCloud. On iCloud, which is quite pathetic. <laughs> I actually just recently had to upgrade to 200 gigs. Okay. Yeah. You, so you, I ran out of 50. You use iCloud? I do. I, uh, my phone backs up every night without fail at midnight. Right. So, like, if anything had to happen to my device, um, it'll always be on yeah. the cloud. Why do you choose iCloud as a matter of interest? Because I know you can use OneDrive and, and Google Drive on iPhone. Because well. it's built into my phone and it's just convenient. Okay. And I have an iCloud account and just I can choose my WhatsApp and my photos and my Safari bookmarks and my uh, all my passwords on iCloud Keychain. Right. So right. if I'm just using that I don't I rather not split it. Okay. Okay. I, I find I use a mixture of Google Drive and, and OneDrive these days. Um if you an Office three six five subscriber you get an you get automatically get one terabyte of OneDrive storage. Oh yes. And of course with the Azure data centers coming to South Africa, um I think they're pretty much ready to launch. Uh you, the speed is going to be fantastic. Oh, that, I should look out for that. Yeah. I don't know how Google does it. I know that um, uh, uploading and downloading images on uh, on OneDrive or uploading and downloading files on OneDrive in the past has been very slow compared to Google Drive. I presume Google has some sort of caching here in South Africa. But I've noticed just recently that um, that um, tr- file transfers on, on OneDrive are now super quick. So I think those Azure data centers have started spinning up. Oh, that's good to know. Mm. So, uh, the battery. Um, let's, let's talk a bit about the battery because uh, Samsung has a bit of a history with batteries on this on this uh, series of phones. Uh, the Note 7, of course, they had a global recall. I forget how much it cost them, but it was billions and billions and billions of dollars. It, it was the equivalent of 71 billion rand. Good grief. Yeah. Good grief. Um, 
Global Recall, the product was just pulled off and it wasn't uh, it wasn't reintroduced into the market. Um, they then introduced the Note 8 a year later after doing vigorous battery tests. I think it was, you mentioned an eight-point battery test. That yes, they, go they have now. that in place now. Um, so presumably they've done the same thing with the Note 9. But there's been a huge jump in capacity, uh, 3,300 milliamp hours on the Note 7, on the Note 8, I beg your pardon, to 4,000 milliamp hours now. That must be one of the biggest batteries Samsung's ever put in a phone. It is definitely the biggest. They've reached the 4,000 mark. Uh, they've never, it is the largest. And I think it's, they've also finally come to a stage where they can do it. Like last year, they obviously had to uh, hold back. And now that they realize the eight point check obviously works with the Note 8, yeah. it was time to, to push it up. Okay. So, so you've been using this phone for um, coming on for what, uh, five, six days now? Yeah. How How is that battery? Do you get through the day? I do get through the day. Uh, Samsung does say all day. Um, I think they were also very specific about that because you don't, you're not going to get two days out of it. It's quite a big phone, big screen. It's obviously going to use a lot of power. But what I found, if I just want to quickly touch on it, with the S9 Plus, the last software update, it actually made the battery worse. And I'm just wondering oh. whether the battery, while it's not terrible, it, I feel like it could be better and I don't know whether a software update is just making it the way it is. Yeah. But I, I have a feeling it could possibly be better. Although, like, by 10, 11 p.m., I was down to 17 or 10%. I still feel like it could be better because before I updated the S9 Plus, yeah. uh, by the evening, my phone was on 40% still. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. But you were using the Note quite intensively. I yes, I, I was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to get get through a full day of intensive use is... is, is um, it's pretty good these days. Yeah, and I was hotspotting, and that kind of does use a lot it of does. battery power. It does. But this uh, phone also has wireless charging built into it. It does. So that's convenient. I, I know I do that with my Galaxy S8. I just pop it in the wireless charger when I'm sitting at my desk, and I never run out of battery. Yeah, that is very useful. I have one of those too. I'm, I'm not sure how good that is for the life of the battery over the long term, <laughs> having, taking an on and off charge all of the time. But uh, we don't keep our phones that long, do we? <laughs> yeah, I think that's why they they made the switch. It's sort of lost every two years. So by the time you get to your second year, you see, okay, maybe it's running down and maybe it's time for the upgrade. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, I, it's never overheated at all. So that's no issue. It runs cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we, we, we mentioned DEX a bit earlier in the show. Um, just explain to those listening what DEX is exactly. DEX is, uh, stands for Desktop Experience. Previously, Samsung came out with a with a dock where you put the phone in, you need to plug a, a keyboard and a mouse, that kind of thing, to make it into a desktop experience. Yep. What they've done now, which is fantastic, they've built DEX into the Note 9 so that you just need an HD, um, USB Type-C to HDMI cable, plug it into any monitor, and DEX mode is enabled immediately, and the phone becomes a four-point touch control device. So what they're trying to do what, here... Sorry, what, what, is a, what is that? What is a four-point touch control So device? it has uh, the four parts of the screen. You can do different things, like... Like a, like a trackpad with different touch inputs, like however you want to control it. Okay. So so what, you're saying on one section is a, a soft keyboard and another section is a mouse area? Well, it depends what you tweak it to. It's just like, yeah, so you can tweak it to your own shortcuts. But also, it's not so much a desktop experience as it is a second screen. I think they realized uh. you can't really do that or it doesn't work. So now if you want to present something in a boardroom and you want to, you just want a bigger screen, you just immediately plug it in and you can control it with the S Pen. And so it's more of a second screen desktop experience. So you'd need a cable, USB-C to, to HDMI. To HDMI cable, yes. That doesn't come in the box, I presume. No, it doesn't. No, no. Okay. Don't know if you wanted to use this thing as a as a PC, as, as DeX is originally intended for, um, how, how would you connect a keyboard and mouse to it? 
Well, the whole idea was you can now do that on the note. Once you connect it, the note will double up as if you wanted it to be a keyboard, if you want it to be a mouse, so if you want to launch an app on it. So so it does have multi-purpose functions, the, the Note 9 once it's in that mode. But you'd have to use the screen. Yes. Okay. That's okay. right. So, but if you wanted to type quickly on a proper keyboard… I you think you can use the Bluetooth keyboard. I haven't oh, okay. looked into that, but I okay. think you should be able to. Can, can you connect it to a, to a de- Dex dock if you wanted to and then plug in? Um, I think the, it should still work with the older Dex docks. Yeah. yeah. So that is that option uh, yeah. if you want to go that route. Um, I, don't know, I don't know. I've never seen anyone actually using a, a Dex in real life. Um, I've played with it a few times. It looks great. Like the Microsoft apps that you see on the phone, it just automatically is optimized for the yeah. Dex mode, yeah, you can work as normal as if you're working on a PC. And of course, micro, the whole Microsoft Office suite is available for yes. Android, so um, it's, it's probably not as full-featured as, as Word and, and Outlook on uh, on Windows, but um, it's, it's it enough to edit a document yeah. and write a piece of text or to do a basic PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, if you're in a hurry and you need to quickly edit something on the go, I think, yeah, mm. it's perfect for yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Lastly, let's talk about the cameras because uh, probably the most important component of a modern smartphone is the camera system. Um, they're the same as those in the S9, right? That is correct, except uh, it has AI features now. AI, so yeah. uh, the software features that will um, help you take better pictures. Yeah, so they have. it has an option to detect up to 20 different sen- scenes yeah. and it'll show you a little icon and then it optimizes it. So, for example, if you're outdoors on a beach and it's very bright, it'll detect you outdoors and it'll give you a better shot like it'll fix whatever needs to be fixed taking a photo of food it'll automatically make the colors pop that kind of detection okay and, and it'll know when it when you're taking a picture of your dog y- or when you're taking yes, a picture you'll of see your a little icon on the screen similar okay. to the way how um, go, um lg has in huawei yes huawei yeah yeah oh, that's uh, that's interesting yeah this ai does it have, it have an AI, some sort of ai co-processor in the in the phone i know that huawei has an ai chip in their phones yeah i think the 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 current exynos chip does is meant to support okay. that yeah okay Okay, so pricing. This is not a cheap phone. Um, we're, we're talking Apple iPhone 10 sort of territory here. The um, the base model, 128 gigabytes, comes in three colors in the South African market. Is that right? Yes, at launch. And eventually the purple one will come. So it comes in black, blue, and copper. Mm, copper sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, if you want a bit of a metallic finish. Although the blue isn't bad with its yellow S Pen. This is the blue one here, right? Yes, that's right. It's quite a dark blue. It's almost black. Yeah. Mm, it's like a, a, almost a twilight sort of color. Yeah, and yeah, um, eighteen triple nine. Eighteen triple nine. That's on prepaid. Obviously, you'll get it on contract as well. Yes, on contract, uh, it should start at seven nine nine. Seven nine nine on a twenty four months. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and it's available through all the operators. I presume. It should be yes, yeah. and uh, Samsung has already opened pre orders on their site. Yeah. And it's got pretty advanced um, LTE uh, communications capabilities in here. Latest Wi Fi. Um, I see it supports eighteen category eighteen LTE, which I'm pretty sure our local networks do not support. Um, so uh, you, you know you're not you're not going to be able to take full advantage of the uh, of the yeah. of the mobile broadband capacity in here, but at least it's future proofed for when the operators do eventually get around to rolling out that that um, speed of LTE. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, of course, if you want the five twelve gig version, any um, word on when that's coming? Uh, I haven't gotten confirmation about that actually, but I I assume it should be at launch. At launch, okay, and that's uh, I think in the next few weeks. Oh uh, yeah, twenty fourth. I, I, I think I did read somewhere saying that it would come a little bit later. Um, okay. Um, but uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. But I, it may not be available on the same day. Um, but I'm sure your local Possibly. retail store can help you with that. 
512 gig, but that's going to cost around 23, 24,000 rand, you said. Yeah. That, that puts it above the iPhone 10. Yeah, along um, with the Porsche design, Mate RS. From Huawei, which yeah. until now has been the most expensive phone in the market. That's right, in South Africa. What was that, about 20, what's about 24? Yeah. 24, 25,000? yeah, around yeah. there. Okay, so it might come in, just squeak in under that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, that's the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 just launched. We've got the review up on Tech Central by Nafisa. Go have a look at that. And uh, if you um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing. We're going to be populating it through the various um, podcasting platforms over the coming days. It might not be available everywhere immediately, but uh, by the end of this week, I'd say you should find it on iTunes and Pocket Casts and Stitcher and Google Podcasts and iTunes Radio and all the normal places where you'd find podcasts. So please do consider subscribing. Thank you for listening to the inaugural edition of Cars and Gadgets from Nafisa Akabo and myself, Duncan McLeod. Until next time. Cheers. Bye.